breaking news that's being communicated to me via a DM on Discord. Oh, it's powered by EOS. Boy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Michael Lockie, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Brent Philbin. What's up? What's up? Today is Friday flagship number 50, the uh, the half century mark. It is Friday, December 14th, 2018, getting pretty close to the end of the calendar year. Brent, you excited? Oh, man. So, yeah. Our website just renewed for like the year that we did it. And I was like, wow, we got that website a year ago. That's pretty sick. So we're, we're about a year into this thing. I know it's only 50 flagships and technically 52 is a year, but... It oh, was, we already got the renewal for the first um, the year of the of the website. Yep, yep. Because we bought the website like the day we talked about it. We were like, we're getting this right now. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I knew I figured we had to buy that way before our first episode didn't launch till January, right? Right. We didn't do it until the new year. But yep, this is this is inception time, so we're getting close. <laughs> this was actually when a year ago the markets were going absolutely bananas, and we decided that it didn't make any sense. And we needed to figure out what was going on and we needed to catch up to what, you know, reality was. And unfortunately, this wasn't the reality we were hoping for necessarily, but we're here. We're going strong. We're, we're still happy about the future. Uh, Brent, why don't you cover some announcements for us? Uh, well, so we're going to do a little bit more structure with the Friday flagship at the beginning. We're going to talk about some of the things that we've done, some of the things that we might be doing in the future if we know them. Um, we're going to, we got a whole future section at the end of the episode, but, uh, hmm. We we covered the substratum red flags in a Monday afternoon release. Basically, I went to the source of the people that had been posting the articles about substratum. We had a talk. It was a really long episode. There was a lot of information there. Uh, and I'm just going to sum it up as like they did their research. And I'm fairly confident that uh, the red flags are going to end up being indicative of something bad. So we'll see. A lot of this stuff is like, oh, don't worry. After our second ICO, this will be fixed. But listen to that episode if you want to learn about Substratum. And then last week, we covered Tether uh, in a pro and con Tether thing from the conference. So it was cool. Yeah. I also wanted to kind of let everybody know that on our website, we have a email capture for a newsletter that we've uh, planned on releasing for this entire year. We've kind of neglected. However, we've made it a priority. It is going to be something you can expect to see in 2019. So if you want to go in there and drop your emails off, if you haven't already, we'd appreciate it. And Mike, you're writing for the Blockchain Brief, which is like an online uh, magazine that's releases these like massive 80 page crypto centric journalism slash blog slash pictures yeah, pretty cool actually it's it's you know crypto candor kind of invited me on there um this is my second month i submitted an article from you know the crypto podcast crypto basic podcast you know team and uh it came out a lot nicer than i expected no offense but just because i didn't really you know, it was kind of a freelance project. They put a really nice, you know, very long, very well laid out, you know, magazine. And for five bucks a month, I think it's a, I think it's a good buy. All right. And uh, and finally, we need a little help on our, our cryptocurrency thing. If you're available at 11 a.m. on on a Tuesday Eastern Standard Time, come join us in there. There were like 10 total, 12 total people last time. But think of it like our private little 
conference, right? Like it's our little thing where we just do a little presentation. We kind of interact with the audience. You know, they're welcome to come on and speak. They're welcome to just type and we'll respond. It's gotten mixed. Yeah, we've uh, had crowds, but I've had like everywhere from a like a hundred to twelve. So it's yeah, I mean, like it's just inconsistent, and, I, and I'm taking partially responsibility for that. We're making sure to bring more awareness to it. So uh, Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time, you can check the announcements in our Discord. All server. right, enough of all that shilling. This is where we would shill some more with an ad if we had one, but we don't. So let's get on to the news. <laughs> What do you mean, Brett? Does that mean ads are coming to the Crypto Basic podcast? Uh, no, nobody's bought any yet, but we're going to start putting referral links or something. I don't know, but it's coming. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. All right, Brett, I need you to catch us up on a little situation that was unraveling this morning. Um, Lumma Flux dropped this in our Discord server. Anthony was right on board. Anthony Lusardi from Ethereum Classic. What is going on over there exactly? So, all right, I, I did what research I could on this. Obviously, Anthony could make it a little bit, he could present this a little bit better if he were here. But I want to be clear, this has no effect on the network whatsoever. So this isn't like a, some, this isn't a reason to FUD Ethereum Classic or sell or whatever. This is more or less non sequitur to that because the community's already on board with the solution, right? But <laughs> some douchebag, uh, decided to pull a 12-year-old power move and take over the Ethereum Classic GitHub. And I, I know it's a 12-year-old move because I did it when I was 12 years old. When when I was on the like I, IRC chats for like Magic, I would be like, hey, man, give me ops. Don't worry. I'm going to be good with it. And then they would give me ops in the channel, and then I would kick out all the other moderators, and I'd be like, ha-ha, I now have the power. And it was like the coolest thing in the world for 12-year-olds. So that's exactly what happened here. This guy from the digital finance group that has a development team called uh, ETC Labs got permissions on their GitHub to be an admin, basically. And then he just kicked everybody else out and took over. And now the GitHub belongs to him. So the solution was move the GitHub from github.com slash Ethereum project to github.com slash Ethereum classic. So now... It's all there. It every, They just moved all the repos there, so it's fine. But, like, uh, this guy's – I think the idiot's name is Eric Yang. And uh, he's doing it with these two other people named James Woe and Terry Culver. Uh, they're all kind of the idiot crew that are involved in this 12-year-old power move. And I'm being very condescending about this because the whole thing is just, like – Absolutely ridiculous, right? So it I, sounds ridiculous that we have to report on this, right? We probably didn't. I mean, it didn't get like a lot of traction in the main crypto community, but it came across our desk and it was interesting enough. I thought it was important to say it, especially if somebody had taken this to think that something negative was happening with the Ethereum Classic project, which it isn't. Like they're everything's going fine. Apparently these guys didn't even really do anything with the project anyway. They're just kind of trying to take it over in the GitHub or whatever. I guess One they thing thought that, that I was- saw briefly as I was looking, um, I guess the ETC Labs employees have no part of this as well, and they feel like kind of hostage to the situation as well. So I, I saw multiple points of the Ethereum Classic community saying, hey, this doesn't necessarily mean that we – don't work with ETC Labs either. So maybe I'm reading too much into it, or maybe this was one person sharing an opinion that's not overwhelmingly expressed, but that was the way I took it. Sure, ETC Labs can can contribute to that other Discord. 
or I'm sorry, the other Discord, the other GitHub. They can contribute to that just as easily as they could have contributed to the old one. But they, they you know, they need to. They, I, I would say that they, if they want to make any commits, they should be coming out and saying, hey, or polls or whatever. I don't understand how GitHub works, but they should be saying, hey, we didn't like that this happened. We still like being developers and getting paid for it. So here we go. They had a Medium article that they posted. So the uh, this uh, digital finance group posted th- this Medium article uh, to like explain themselves. This is an actual quote from this. Ethereum Project is the GitHub account owned by ETC Labs under the name CryCoder. We became the owner through a legitimate and compliant process. The removal of other owners was also legitimate and conforms to the terms of service of GitHub as confirmed by GitHub. And hence, it wasn't a hack. It's an utter lie. Like I read it in Trump's voice even like the way they were doing it. So basically, they're, the whole thing is them saying, like, we need to start a revolution here. Ethereum Classic's not moving fast enough. Here's my problem with this. If you have to get on and publicly say, hey, guys, don't worry. We did this through legitimate reasons or legitimately. It, like, doesn't that say everything you need to say? Like, yeah, yeah. Clearly, nobody is happy with what the decision was. was and now there's a ton of backlash. Hey, guys, I didn't do anything wrong. For real. Seriously, it's cool. I don't know. I don't like this. As they're like, as they're saying, don't worry, we're going to put more people on the GitHub. But for now, it just needs to be controlled by us because the development's too slow. So literally the opposite of everything Ethereum Classic stands for. These people are thinking that that's just what the community is going to do. I like to play devil's advocate. And the reason I'm choosing to on this topic is because I can see myself thinking that something along these lines is okay like trying to take the bull by the horns and just like get something done because i feel like it's in the best interest of of more people than just myself but that's not the impression i'm getting right the impression that i'm getting is that most people are are just like yeah guys whatever like we we don't we're not interested in you so you can have that thing we're just gonna go down the street by all means yeah that's exactly what they did they're just like all right this is this is our get up now you got us Congratulations, you're 12, and you get to have your little toys over here, and we will take all the toys that matter and go over here. People like this, I've decided that I just give as little attention to as possible, right? Like, if I'm the ETC guys, I just squash this. I'm just like, fine, you win. Just have – like, just just go away. Like, whatever. All you have to do is make sure the developers know this is the new GitHub, and then you're good. Like, an email is sent as long as everybody confirms that they read it. Everything is fine. So, basically – like, they're not wrong. Like, if you've centralized something, you can make it move faster. The The point of decentralization, though, is to deal with the power that comes with being the one that moves everything faster. So, yeah, I, I, I'll say that their idea isn't wrong. The execution is childish and uh, is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If they had any ideas for improving the Ethereum Classic code, all they had to do was submit them. <laughs> like the, and then if they worked, the the team would be like, "All right, let's." Or the everybody would vote, and then they would go in. That's the beauty of a decentralized thing. So everything's in the show notes if you want to check out the drama. But there's not really too much drama. Basically, like everybody updated some links on their website, and we're good to go. If anything serious does come out of this, we'll beg Anthony to come on the show and explain it to us. All right, Mike, tell us about Wall Street, and tell us about Tom Tommy Lee. Yeah, so. The article was basically saying uh, Tom Lee is 
<laughs> he's tired of people asking about Bitcoin target prices. And I thought this was, it was definitely worth seeing because this was a CNBC article. So to me, I'm, I'm seeing this as a, you know, a mainstream media outlets, you know, focusing on the Bitcoin guy and trying to rub it in while he's down. So they, they named him the, uh, the best known Bitcoin bull on Wall Street. I don't know how true that is, but I guess I can't argue it. Um, I guess he runs an updated fair price estimate for what Bitcoin should be. And he's recently updated it into the range of 13.8 to 13.8 to 14.8 is what he believes the current fair price of Bitcoin should be, which is right around 10K per Bitcoin below what it's been trading at recently. And he's also quoted as saying, given we are so close to the year end, we are not providing any updates on the near term price objectives. Read this as we are tired of people asking us about target prices. He sent this in a, in a note to all his clients. Um, I guess back in November, he said the target price was supposed to be 25K. But the reason he cited a pretty massive shift recently was that the mining costs have been really poor and that, you know, with the lack of security in the network and the, and the mining profitability going down, you know, that certainly does affect the stability of the network. He went on the ad that Lee believes if Bitcoin reaches 7% of Visa's transaction volume, the 4.5 billion, I don't know where that number is coming from. It sounds a little off to me, but um, he believes that if that happens, which is only 7% of the way there, Bitcoin would be worth 150K. Uh, I think that's a pretty staggering number, but um, he finishes the article with saying, hence, the risk reward is very strong and everybody should know that. Uh Pretty cool article. Um, I understand completely where he's coming from. And listen, irrational markets do not have to act rationally. That's part of what it is, right? It is very possible the fair price should be about 13K. It's also very possible the fair price, it was not even, is way lower than it is now. I don't know. You don't know. And, and that's the beauty of this. For a point of comparison, uh, coinfairvalue.com, which is, they use like an algorithm based on the, based on the volume and all that stuff where they try to do real volume, not exchange volume, has it at 5,800 uh, when it's at 3,300 right now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's They use whatever their algorithm is. He used whatever his algorithm is. Uh, ac- across the board, everybody's pretty optimistic about prices, but prices keep falling. So it's, uh, you know, I saw this meme the other day, and I hate to talk about memes, but the first picture was a guy at a pulpit, and there were a bunch of little people, and it was like, who wants to own Bitcoin? Everybody raised their hand. And the next one was, who wants to buy Bitcoin? Nobody had their hand up. And the next one is, who wants to use Bitcoin to buy things? And then everybody ran away. So it was like, yeah, that's a, that kind of sums it up right now. But a lot of people are going to make a lot of predictions. And I can sympathize that he's sick of the predictions. People asking him. I'm sick of people asking me, when, when's it going to turn around, Brett? What? Uh, was it all a scam? And then begin, like, I, I hate having to explain to everybody why. There isn't a, a Bitcoin scam because nobody can benefit from it. So anyway, I feel your pain, Tom Lee, but not the Tommy Lee of Pam Anderson sex tape fame. <laughs> right. Not quite that. I bet he's a Bitcoin bull, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, he's a bull. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, Brett. Speaking of, uh, I forget. I, I had a good transition, but I lost it. It's a damn shame. So I'm actually interested in this next article because it is a call to action 
and it is putting the pressure on exchanges, which I am always a big fan of. What are your thoughts? So, so this is called the proof of keys movement. It got a little bit of a, tra- a little bit of traction in our cryptocurrency or other places that I check. I've seen this pop up enough places. This was created by a competing podcast. So, of course, we would love to have you on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, basically, uh, the the podcast was uh, what was it? the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. They're saying that they would like everybody to take all of their coins off of exchanges on January third, uh, simply to kind of make them prove that they have the coins there. Because if they're doing that thing where they're running on like only thirty percent of what's available, if you can get half the people to pull, you can catch exit scams in the process. Is that a good thing? Probably. Is it going to hurt the market even more? Yes, it will. <laughs> but hey, you'll have custody to your own coins, especially if you do it before this day happens. I don't know if it's got enough traction to actually catch on. And one of the things that I'm a little worried about is the withdrawal fees are hefty. Like if you pull out of Binance, it's like six bucks worth of Bitcoin. So if that goes to – if our buddy on the last article is right and it's $150,000, you just paid a shitload of money to, to prove nothing. Because in the end, this is a common strategy, and it works perfectly if everybody does it. But if you're lazy and you don't do it, it'll still work as long as enough people do it. But eventually, if too many people are lazy, then not enough people are going to do it. So it's like voting or recycling or any of the things that affect the environment other than recycling. So am I going to do it? No, because the transaction fees are way too much of what I'm keeping on exchanges. I don't keep much on exchanges. I might have a hundred bucks on an exchange somewhere. I'm not going to pull it out. Should you do it? Depends. I've got a link to the guy's website where you can see what he has decided on this movement being. If you have a large amount and $6 doesn't matter to you and you'd like to participate in this movement, all you're doing is a transaction in and out. So you can put your money right back on that exchange if you want to. It doesn't cost you to put it back on there. So just check the withdrawal fee. And yeah, if you, especially if you're a whale, if you're a whale out there, I would highly encourage you to participate in this just to make them prove it. You know, I don't think anybody's worried about Binance or Coinbase or anything like that, but fucking Upbit would be sweating this shit if, uh, <laughs> if you, or, or uh, not Upbit, I'm sorry, they're a good one. Uh, hit BTC. Hit BTC hit would BTC be sweating the fuck out of this. No, Upbit's the one that keeps sending those emails, right? About oh, yeah. Them. They might be a scammy one too. I, hit BTC is definitely. Shit. Cryptopia would not encourage. Yeah, this. Cryptopia would die. KuCoin Cryptopia would run Cryptopia to Ian Bolina. Begging you not to do this. Yeah, there are there are a lot of exchanges that would have a serious problem if eighty percent of their uh, clientele did this. I think so. Really, if you're a whale and you're on those, and you want to make sure you're on a secure exchange. You should probably put them to the test. But if this was a yearly thing that everybody did on January third, it would really keep the exchanges on their toes and it would be a good check and balance so check that out in the show notes and decide if you want to participate i wish that i could but like a like a smart crypto investor everything i have is on a ledger nano s mike i believe the ledger nano s is 30 percent off right now is it it is check the link I've in the show seen notes 30 percent off i'm <laughs> uh, sorry surprise that that wasn't supposed to go in there um this is definitely a good idea if you're a trader um if you are in a network of traders and you know, that's usually th- these things tend to run in groups. And that would be the only way that this would make a lot of sense. If, you know, you guys were putting in a decent amount of volume on a certain exchange and there was a lot of you involved, you know, and so be it. I, I think coordinating is a very good idea, but I agree with you completely. There's no way this gains a relevant enough traction. Yep. Small strides. And 
I seem to recall last year that obviously January was when it started like dumping really bad. And I remember there was like all these like memes popping up about why like January 13th was always like one of the worst days. That was Chinese New Year. And it was like it was like four years in a row. There was like a thirty percent dip that week or something. Like yeah, everyone wanted to blame it on Chinese New Year. They're like, oh no, no, no. See, the culture in China is you have to give gifts of money, so people needed to pull it out so they could give. Come on, well, whatever. Like, hey, maybe it had it on zero effect, but we're just rationalizing at that point. Right? No, I don't think any of that matters. We might. Have, I was just bringing up for interesting. Points. We might have even said that on the show. I can't remember. Our brains made connections. I don't know that we said it was anything relevant. I, like, there's so many reasons why the markets go up and down. It's impossible for us to know. Right. So January 13th, look out for Chinese New Year, everybody. It's going to be a big shift. I'll read Coin Market Cap that day, just for everybody. That's what we'll do every January 3rd. We'll read Coin Market Cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent. Let's read Coin Market Cap from around the world. <laughs> All right, Brentimus, we're starting crypto around the world in Germany. What's up? Uh, other than being a great country uh, that I, I really enjoyed, I went to both Berlin and Hamburg, had a hamburger in Hamburg. That was, <laughs> that was big. Um, this is a bank in Berlin. Is called It's called Bitwalla, and they're going to be a fully regulated, fully backed bank in Germany. That is going to also have a crypto exchange attached to it. So you'll be able to use a debit card with cryptocurrency. Uh, you'll be the equivalent of their FDIC insurance for 100K euro. Um, the debit card doesn't even have your name on it. Like the, when they have it, it's it like at least the front. I don't know if it's on the back, but the front was just completely blank and looked really cool. Um, I have a card like that that there's the front is totally blank. Yeah, maybe it was maybe it was the front, but I, I don't see why they have to have your name on a debit card. You're putting in a pin. So. You don't need ID to use it. At least you don't hear. I don't know what. I haven't signed a credit card since I was born. Like I've never signed anything. Yeah. I don't think. Well, your name's on it, so like you sometimes they'll ask you for ID if it's a credit card. But if it's a if it's a if you're putting in a pin, they don't ask. And to be fair, I can't remember the last time I was asked for a credit card either. So anyway, the uh, it's the German equivalent of the banking regulators are called the BaFin, and the and they're also. By the uh, the European something board uh, currency board, I or, no European Central Bank. That's what it was. You're, I wrote ECB and didn't fucking write it all the way out uh, <laughs> on my on the uh, outline here. Sorry, the, uh, the Solaris Bank is the banking partner. So if you've used like Chime or Simple or maybe Robinhood, I just saw that they are releasing a bank. Um, they always have a banking partner. So like with Simple, it's uh, – I can't remember. But the, they, they have like a, a big US banking partner and then they give you this like cool setup that is a little bit better than a regular bank because of – I don't know why a regular bank can't do what they're doing. But uh, Simple so much easier. Because millennials are looking for this. Yeah. So anyway, I think this is similar. So they have the banking partner of Solaris. Uh, the site is kind of lacking on the details, but you can sign up to learn more. Uh, and of course, link is in the show notes. So if you're in Germany, this might be particularly interesting to you. And yeah, our German audience, please let us know what your experiences are with Bitwalla. <laughs> and Bitwalla, if you're listening, we are willing to fly out there and tour your facilities and uh, do a live podcast from there. Of course, you know, if you pay for it for research. <laughs> All right, that's it. Kareem's not here. So, Mike, 
you get to be the person who talks about bullish or bullshit. It's time for it. Tell us what's up. Bullish or bullshit, baby. All right. So for this bullish or bullshit, I actually found two different articles on the same topic. One with a bullish and one with the bullshit title. Oh, so and I covered both stories. So I'm going to give you the bullshit story and I'm going to give you the bullish story. And I'm going to let you decide whether it's bullish or bullshit. How, how do you feel about that? Well, all right. I mean, if I if I know one's uh, ah man, like I don't know what the odds are normally, but I'm definitely 50 50 for this. So and then if I get first one wrong, I automatically get the other one right. So so we'll start. Would you rather start with the bullish or bullshit? No, you you give it to me the way you want to present it, and then I will tell you based on the title what I think. All right. So the first article was Day 2 of 12 Days of Coinbase. Oh, my God. That's stupid. Empowering Venezuelan families with Give Crypto. All right. First of all, I want to say the 12 Days of Coinbase thing is like the most obnoxious marketing thing in crypto. So it's just like – not only are they announcing announcement, they're announcing 12 announcements and tying it into Christmas and like, get the fuck out of here. Whatever. I Listen, I'm still banned, so it's not like I'm getting these emails, but it's still annoying to see this stuff. <laughs> actually, I would prefer that they send you the emails. I, I actually hope they sign you up five times to all their mailing lists. Uh, all right. So empowering uh, with give, give crypto. Okay. I, I can't see Coinbase empowering any. Uh, Venezuelan families because there's sanctions, right? Like, I've got to go with bullshit on this particular title. I haven't seen the other one. If you give me the other title, I'll be able to tell you which one's which. But okay. the the other title is Coinbase slammed for Venezuela Zcash airdrop being an advertising strategy. Okay, so that one is. Oh wait, oh they're slammed. Who are they slammed by? No, 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 no. That that was so sensational that I'm switching. That title is bullshit. This one's bullish. All right. I'm interested to find out how they're empowering Venezuelan families. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening at home, Brett used uh, deductive reasoning there to make his decision. And uh, we're going to see how he did, folks. So <laughs> givecrypto.org is a website that is founded by the Coinbase CEO, Brian Armstrong. And they're aiming to combine the best parts of Coinbase and to empower those that have much less access to the traditional legacy economy using cross-border payments, ease of small payments, and real-time transfers. So what did they do? Uh, GiveCrypto.org donated $10,000 worth of Zcash, and they are donating it to the locals. Um, they're going to a Venezuelan border town known as Santa Ella de Yeren. Well, maybe I got that close. Where's Kareem when you need him? Holy shit. Yeah, no kidding. I had to tag Kareem to ask him to do a Spanish tweet for me into English, and Brent had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, they're doing three months worth, and every day for three months, they are donating $1 worth of Zcash to over 100 families in Venezuela. With this $1, they can purchase food, basic supplies at local stores and accept the payments in crypto. Um, this approximate one US dollar can buy an estimated one to two kilos of protein or two kilos of starches and vegetables. God damn. Well, I mean, if you remember those pictures of the bolairs next to the bananas, the pile of money was this high. <clears throat> now, you know, 
that's what this is all about, right? Like this $10,000 donation is meant to cover a hundred families for 90 days. Just like 10,000 families are going to get food from this donation. That's the goal. And that's the idea. They already have a system set up where the crypto can be accepted at the merchants. And there's an ecosystem already in place for these members to swap for food. Um, basically they, they ended the article by reminding that the bullet, uh, the bowl of air is highly inflated and, um, so volatile that the cash gifts could often be of little to no value to locals. And, um, they, they said that there's a network of vendors to provide a direct stable line of support for these people. Um, the last thing I wanted to add, and it says recipients will come from the network of Venezuelan families already in givecrypto.org's bounty program with Bonham. And so I didn't know what Bonham was. So I went on their website and it basically says it's a crypto ecosystem designed to bank 1.7 billion unbanked adults. Okay. So interesting. They chose Zcash. Is that even on Coinbase now? <laughs> so we'll get into the bull. We'll get into the bullshit side of the okay, article here. Okay. And also I feel like if you're picking Venezuela, like Dash has been integrating itself into that community. Nano has been integrating itself into that community. Like, I, I don't know that uh, – I guess it will tie into your other article, but it sounds like maybe they're using this to also announce that Zcash is going on to Coinbase. And uh, instead of picking one of these other coins, that would be easier for these Venezuelan families to spend. But we'll we'll see how, we'll see where this goes. I agree. And I, I think there are some interesting things I could respond to there, but I'm going to hold off for now. All right. All right. So on December 5th, which was a week ago yesterday – Coinbase released Zcash to traders. Ah, okay. See, I didn't know because I was banned. When this article was released, uh, Coinbase and Brian Armstrong got flooded with Twitter flames and trolls. Um, the article also included randomly throwing Dash under the bus, saying saying a line, um, something along the lines of, the Venezuelan meme has been overused by crypto scammers for years now. I'm shocked to see Brian do the same. And that was a direct quote from a software developer. Brent, could you read this one for me? Uh, oh, that of course. That's Udi Vertheimer. Uh, so I guess he's a relevant uh, software developer. I did some quick Googling. He had a, a cypherpunks jacket on doing like one of these like Ooh. muscle bro pointing things at it. It was I, uh, like whatever. I like crypto sure. before it was cool. Kind of. Basically. Zcash is the only thing the Coinbase has with any privacy features, right? Okay. Uh, well, it makes sense so, that they would need some privacy in this particular scenario. Basically, this guy also, the last thing that he added was, to give $1 worth of Zcash to Venezuelan families, get the F out of here, end quote. Uh, and these were public uh, Twitters directed at this. Um, now... I understand why this person has this opinion. In fact, I'll even go so far as to say I kind of understand why he has this opinion. But that was before we have had our previous discussions about what is going on in Venezuela. And what I've learned through Kareem and through you is that a whole lot of not good things are going on there. Yeah. And what happens when a whole lot of not good things are going on down there? You can't trust anybody. And your money's worthless. And when your money's worthless and you can't trust anybody – like you got nothing. Yeah, they they're playing the fucking Hunger Games, man. Like the, this guy, this guy is wrong. He can he can smash Coinbase as this being a. It is a publicity stunt. They're clearly 
being like, oh, look at us. We got Zcash. But, but that doesn't mean it can't provide yes, some value. They're doing a lot. This is, if this gets delivered to Venezuelan families as promised, they're going to be helping a lot more people than that motherfucker's help. Anybody in crypto has done in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, like, listen, uh, crypto gets together and they do a lot of philanthropic things all the time. Doge is, you know, very famous for it. But like, this is that you can't just yell at Coinbase and be like, y'all aren't giving enough. They're literally giving what it, what did this amount to? T- t- like 20,000 kilos of meat. That's yeah. what they just did. Forget the fact that it's fucking Zcash. They're giving 20,000 kilos of meat <laughs> Listen, to these people. The people that are receiving this and taking it across the street to the store to buy groceries don't care what form of payment it is. Yes, as long as that the grocery will take it. That's completely irrelevant. That's the only thing I would say is if they end up adding Dash or if they end up adding Nano, it would have been better suited to those coins because those coins are already accepted. Church's Chicken is literally taking Dash there, <clears> like exclusively. <laughs> Church's, I think it was Dash. I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Dash. I know it was Church's chicken. I, I like, I focused on the fat part that was important, but right. The well, I mean, maybe, maybe Dash becomes one of the Visa Mastercard type of things that we have to check for stickers when we go shopping places someday. That you know, hopefully, hopefully, a lot of these you know cryptos work themselves out internally. And the last thing that I think the our community needs is to have Dash fighting with Zcash, fighting with Nano, when we could all just be kind of working together and just trying to improve the life of citizens that are unbanked, uh, being taken on a hostage ride by their dictator, whatever his official title is. And so it is churches. They are taking Dash. And I, I found an ad because what happened is KF, they, somebody said KFC was taking it and KFC was like, no, 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 we're not taking it. So then churches said they are and their ad says, Pagar nunca habia sido tan facil. I don't know what that means. I know what nunca means. Nunca means never. So they're talking about like probably never pay with that shit coin again, the regular or, or never carry cat. I don't know. I don't actually know, but that's the ad. So there we go. Where's Kareem when you need him? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I think Coinbase is totally fine here. I think this is like just indicative of the crypto space right now that they're getting bashed for this. Um, I think that a lot of people are on tilt. I think a lot of people are frustrated, and, and a lot of that's fine. A lot of that's justified. A lot of it's showing an art show. I don't, I don't even, you know, I don't try to hide it. We're not happy, but. This is a positive article. This is a great story. And this is a great use case, right? Yeah. Like we forget. And and I know that you know, Kareem recently reminded me like how much you guys talked to Charles and them about Cardano in Africa. I'm like, that's wonderful. Those are tons of unbanked citizens that have every bit of rights to, you know, good quality livelihood like we do. And like, why are they not? part of this revolution, you know, and, and we're seeing a lot of these people in the U S are starting to dismiss it. And, and I think more than anything else, it's reminding me how lucky we are. And it's reminding me how fortunate we are that like, we were able to be bailed out by our government. And I don't agree with why that happened, but I, I haven't got out of my head in the past few weeks about like, what would have happened if we just didn't get, you know, $10 trillion just like handed us, like, where would we be? It would be frustrating. It would be like complete shit show. It'd be chaos. I don't know what I'm sure Kareem has thought ad nauseum about that, and he would have a good answer with what the what the correct solution is. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but 
as with anything where we're changing a variable that's so hard to predict, like the range of outcomes is tremendous, yeah. right? But the types of range of outcomes also tremendous. Here's here's what I know. Like anybody who's on Twitter telling Coinbase their shit for giving $10,000 to a country that's getting its ass fucked because of their shithole leader. Like, I, not, fuck, I use the term shithole. I shouldn't use that because everybody's going to like think that the, the leader's a shithead. I meant to say shithead, not shithole. Trump got in there and messed with my head. Yeah, that's that's I don't, for Puerto I don't Rico, think Venezuela right? is a shithole. I would love to go to Venezuela as long as I like wouldn't get killed for being a fat American. <laughs> that's a great point. Like, I actually think a lot of these countries are great, but that doesn't mean I'm not scared to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you're a target. When I was in Thailand, you know, JJ kept telling me, she's like, don't let them take advantage of you. Like, they see you. They see fat American. They think you have money and you're a target. So that's what their life is, though. I mean, because that's worked over time, right? Like fat Americans are they have been rich and they have been dumb. And that's worked for so long that it's created an entire culture of people that are just happy doing that. Right. Yeah, now the rich people are the ones that eat healthy. So <laughs> the fat people are the ones eating church's chicken. All right, Brent, that's going to wrap it up for uh, most of the episode but let's get into a little bit of nonsense we're gonna get into a little bit of a rant and it's gonna be a slightly unique rant because it's about us yeah we're gonna talk about the future now if you this is if you don't want we're done with the news so we're gonna talk not about like the year 2030 future like we not flagship 900 yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're just talking about the future of next year uh if there's one more piece of like actual content on the episodes at the end that's gonna be a roast a portfolio which is a new thing that you're going to want to stick around for because what what's happened is we asked for some submissions in the discord some people submitted their portfolios i don't know which one mike's picking he's going to pick one and i'm going to talk shit about it so that's how that's going to work out but we wanted to talk about the future of how the podcast is going to go over the next year and in order to do that we're just going to kind of bullshit about how we got to how we got here right so when we started this thing we're like all right here's what we're going to do we're going to do these one-on-one episodes. We're going to make the podcast we wanted to make, blah, blah, blah. And then these ICOs are going to come and they're going to want to get on the show. So what we do is we charge the ICOs to come on and do a review of their project. And then all we have to do is make sure that the ICOs aren't a scam before we bring them on the show. And then we'll do like the – we'll do the we'll, – we'll do the review and blah, blah, blah. So in reality, here's what happened. If you if you look back, we did exactly one episode that was paid. And the reason for that is every time one of these ICOs said, yeah, sure, let's do it. I looked into them and they were a scam. So it was like only the scammy ones were interested in giving us money. Um, we The one that we did, it was on the DREP project. We never got the coins for it because I don't know if it even like went live or whatever. I looked on CoinMarketCap and it wasn't there. We And we didn't even get paid by the project itself. We got paid by a group that was trying to get an allocation of the ICO so that they could invest in it. And they needed a partnership with a podcast to say that they were doing something for the, for the awareness of the coin. So we didn't see an inherent conflict of interest there. We took it. Uh, we are not going to be taking that strategy any further. We have, so we have shelved the idea of paid episodes. So in order to do that, what we've done is we've launched the Patreon. We've been dragging our feet on that. Everybody's always asked, like, you know, are you going to do that? Are we going to do that? 
We've decided Patreon needs to be our primary source of funding for a few reasons. One, it will allow us to keep uh, it allows to keep the independent status. We're not going to be selling out. We're not going to be having conflicts of interest, and therefore we're not going to be talking about shit coins and chilling shit coins to you. We're just going to be taking a shit on shit coins mostly. So, you as a listener, the call to action that we have is please give us a dollar an episode. We're going to continue to say that. Probably insert in episodes here and there. Uh, we're it costs us about $60 per episode to release it. We're strictly in the negative from the day that we started. Uh, you know, we, we've we very strict. Yeah, uh, we've gotten some, you know, some people have bought ledgers and we get a little bit of a kickback from that. Uh, we we've never had anybody sign up on Binance. I don't even think we have that in the show notes anymore. Um, I know that the first time Rob came on, we as we said, they sent us some Zen afterwards. That was not a condition of him coming on. And there's some small pieces here and there but for the most part we're in the hole so it costs us about $60 an episode to get the episodes done we're going to keep producing them for you we've already committed ourselves to another year if we do nothing but lose money for the whole year we're going to we're going to do it anyway but if you could contribute a dollar an episode we have thousands of listeners and if 1% of you were able to contribute a dollar an episode then that would break us even for the entire year and we could have some great content so that's that there are other tiers we're not even going to talk about those you can if you are interested in contributing more that'd be great check them out but a dollar an episode is what we're asking for it'll get you a shout out on the show the day after you actually or the flagship after you become one and at the end of the show during the credits we'll just rattle those names off and there's a couple other uh little perks so the patreon is going to be our primary source of funding hopefully when we when we talk about taking ads, there we're gonna avoid any like coins themselves. Uh, we would look at services in the crypto space or like Ultimate Nodes. We know this is a good service. We use it ourselves. Uh, they're, they're somebody you'll probably hear us talk about. We'll maybe have referrals from something like Abra or something like um, or you know Coinbase referrals don't do anything. <laughs> Mike's putting up a diagram. If you're, I don't think we're gonna put this on YouTube, but he's showing us anyway. And we're if we get slightly bigger, then mid-roll will look at us, and they're the ones that do like the Casper mattresses and the uh, square space that you hear on every one of the popular podcasts. So we're not big enough for them yet. We would have to be the number one or number two podcast in the space in order to get looked at by mid-roll. But um, hey, maybe we'll get there. But in the meantime, please dollar an episode with the Patreon if you like what we're doing. Basically, every time we drop an episode, which we're intending to do two per week. Uh, we're doing the flagship every week. And then we're going to have a couple of other uh, episode styles that we that we thought were cool when we were kind of brainstorming what we're going to do the next year. We pivoted a lot. We have done some pivoting. I'll try to step in just a tad bit here. It's getting a little too monologue-y. And uh, everything Brent said was is right on point. Um, he's probably about to cough, so I, I definitely wanted to give him a break. Uh, I am sick, if you can't tell with yes, my extra yes. deep he, He's been a trooper, though, this episode. Um, so a couple of different episode types. Um, we definitely are interested in expanding on the team's experience in Beyond Blocks and in the trip to Thailand. So we've considered pretty heavily that we want to start doing a monthly panel discussion. Mm-hmm. Our original idea, our rough draft for this currently is that we're going to do 12 of these. We're going to do one a month for all 2019. We're going to pick 12 different topics. And the goal would probably be four guests, one moderator, probably Brent, and but that doesn't necessarily need to be. 
And um, the others of us would either be helping behind the scenes or helping with some of the practical stuff. And, you know, I think it's a really interesting format idea. Our goals for that would be to have people that are not on to show their projects, but to have more of a general discussion, similar to what our 101s were originally, instead of Brent, Kareem, and I discussing a topic, well, why don't we take game theory and invite some other people that are a little more knowledgeable? Why don't we talk about decentralization with people that are, you know, really involved in projects these cognitive bias type episodes, these can have a lot of really excellent discussion, but it doesn't need to be us, right? right? And, you know, we're hoping to try to take some categories and organize it in a way that we can present these to the audience. I don't know. I don't have any idea what the length could look like on these. It's all experimental this time. But, you know, based on what we are as a show, we are not experts. And what they've experienced at that conference where they were moderating experts, that seems like a natural transition for us and something that we could see as a really like good place to fill. In this There's space. a couple of really big perks to this. One, we can have some really genius people talk about how they're trying to change space. Two, if we end up having somebody on the show that ends up being a part of a project that doesn't pan out or doesn't work out, it's not like we had them on the show to talk about their project. So that's important to me. The the level that we have to go through to check and see if somebody can come talk about their project on this show is so much. And I've turned away so many people that sounded interesting, sounded like they might have had something to say because I looked at their project and saw like one red flag. And most projects have a red flag. Everything has a trade-off profile. But I'm so scared to put our reputation at risk. I don't feel like we've ever done anything that puts our integrity in uh, in question. And I don't think we ever will. So – if, but having somebody on a panel, they're not there to talk about their coin. In fact, we're going to tell every one of them, you can't talk about your project. You're coming on and talk about game theory. You can say who you are and mention your project, but we don't know what the rules are going to be. I and, do. And, and, but they're going to be – well, yeah, Brett's going to probably end up yeah, on I'll tell him. He's, he's the natural I'll fit. tell him, shut your um, face. I mean, but like we've said, not not every rule is going to apply to every guest the same way. We're gonna have we're gonna handle it with some class, and we're gonna do it in a way that I think is gonna be engaging, and hopefully can help grow our audience. Yep, and uh, and get you exposed to some different viewpoints on some of the things you've heard us hammer home uh, a, a lot on. Like like if we talk about decentralization, you know our feelings on decentralization. If you've listened to five or six episodes, right? Like we we say it all the time. But why don't we talk about you know just throwing it out there? Why don't we get the CEO of Ripple Labs and uh, and maybe um, another centralized project, I don't know, Tron, on here as one side of the panel. And then we get the other side of the panel is two ridiculously decentralized projects like uh, like an Icon or a or a an Ethereum Classic and have them talk about the decentralization trade off and why they feel like, you know, what they've done is OK. Yeah, that that I'm totally on board with. And so so that that is something to look forward to. Hopefully our first one will be in January. We just came up with this idea a few days ago. So we basically need to reach out to the people who have reached out to us to ask to be on the show that we have either ignored or turned away and hope that they're not offended by that. And then say, hey, listen, we have another format I think you might be interested in. Doesn't cost any money to come on and we'll have you on for this. So uh, we're also going to be looking at revisiting a lot of these coins, especially if you're on iTunes. Uh, you only get 100 episodes. So unless you make your way to our website and look at our episode archive, 
you're not even going to see some of the coins that we've covered. They're some of the biggest coins. We're talking about Neo or Dash. And we covered them. I think our Dash episode was 15 minutes long. I mean, we didn't do it justice. We were we were bad back then. I mean, we had this idea, but we got better as we went. And it's going to continue to be that way. But back when we did the biggest coins is when we were the worst at podcasting. So we're going to look at redoing those episodes almost from a clean slate and and uh, and having those come out sporadically. So maybe another one of those a month or something like that. Um, we're going, as I mentioned a second ago, we're going to start having a roast a portfolio section on some of these flagships. I think it's going to be fun. I think you're going to appreciate it. And we reserve the right to continue to pivot over the course of the year and come up with more episodes. I mean, we've got crypto combos. We've got roundtables. We've got now we've got panels coming up. We've got basic blitzes, flagships. I mean, there's a another idea I've been bouncing around. I've talked to a couple people about this, Lumafux and others, but I would love to have like... Um, a community rep from a bunch of different places. And I'd like to have an episode each month where I could go down the list of all the projects we respect and I could reach out to a community member and say, Hey, what happened this month? What's your best thing? And what's your worst thing to happen? Give me a pro, give me a con. And, but I want it to be from somebody that really matters, right? Like I don't want to go on Reddit and see what the pros and cons of Dash are. Like I actually want somebody inside or I want a community rep that is willing to be part of these panel discussions. These people that are just like, like somebody that we can access easily, simply, and I've said this a couple of times, people like, I would like to be the Adam Schefter, right? I, like, I want to be the guy that has all the news, that has the the close respect with, you know, certain CEOs and with these people. Like, I don't want to have to worry about getting my news third hand. And then I want to try my best to deliver the most factual, accurate news that we can. Like today, for example, we discussed the Ethereum Classic story to open off. We had Anthony Lasardi, who is a constant contributor for us and a great resource for us to have. Now, not that I want to necessarily add more work to his workload, but why shouldn't we have an Ethereum Classic community rep that is willing to say, you know, just take a couple messages or an email from me once a month that says, hey, you know, what's what's the one thing that you'd like to highlight as a positive? And is there anything that comes across as a negative that you'd like to highlight? And we should have one on each side. But if we get 20 people, you know, 20 reps together and this becomes a quick piece of information, it's a quick update from a lot of different sources and it's from trusted sources. Might so, be something good for a newsletter. Yeah. You're right. That could be something good for a newsletter. There you go. Uh, I I love Mike's optimism when it comes to this stuff. He wants to be Adam fucking Schefter. Off the top of your head, how many Twitter followers do you think Adam Schefter has? Oh, there's only a single digit with a letter behind it, bro. It's like two million or something. Uh, You know what? I don't know, but I'm I'm looking it up as we speak. It's over a million. It has to be. 7.22 million followers for Adam Schefter. So that's... I thought that was like Shaq territory. Yeah, I, listen, Adam Schefter's important. Oh, no, no. I remember The the Rock. The Rock's at like 60 million or something absurd. Yeah, and he's only liked 388 posts ever. Or is that – yeah, that has to be him liking. Interesting. But he's tweeted 43,000 times. So congratulations, Adam Schefter, on getting to 7 million followers. We're at about 5,000 right now, so we're on your heels. We're ready to be the Adam Schefter of the crypto generation. Watch out! It's gonna take ten years. It's true. Like I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying tomorrow, buddy. I'm planting seeds and I'm gonna put some water and hopefully they grow. All right. So that is the that is the quick vision of the future. Just dollar an episode, man. That's what we're gonna we're gonna hammer that one home. The rest of this stuff is just gonna happen as it comes out. But we we need a dollar an episode to help us out. You know, I understand you could give 
two kilos of food to people in Venezuela or <laughs> give us a dollar an episode. <laughs> I hope you choose the right thing, the morally correct thing, and give it to us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, that's actually kind of a hard thing to follow. Uh, look, people in Venezuela are struggling. We'll just leave it at that. So are we. All right, Brent, you're excited about this. I'd have no idea what to expect. Let's move on to the roast of portfolio. So to give the audience an idea, I have not seen the portfolio that Mike is picking coming up with this off the top of my head. So, Mike, why don't you read me the portfolio and the percentages? I'm just going to kind of like write these down here to. All right. Um, should I say the person's name? Yeah, yeah. They submitted it. They want their name. All right. All right, Cyborg, you're up. All right. Cyborg, here we go. You're going to regret this. All right. Number one is Ethereum. 48. 48% Ethereum. <laughs> okay. Bitcoin, 14.5%. You know what? Maybe this was a typo. These might be the other way around. Okay. Nope. IOTA, uh, 28.8%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. Keep it going. Basic attention token. Five point eight percent. Yeah, we can. You can just send that to us because it's going to go to zero. <laughs> Cardano one point two seven percent. Fuck out of here. Last but not least, Engine Coin one point two five percent. Oh my god. I okay. Charge. Okay. So here, this is what we've got. This motherfucking robot. Because uh, clearly, no person would decide to have this portfolio. <laughs> I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. I just had a thought. This is literally Brett's portfolio from one year Hold, ago. Hey, listen, uh, we're not roasting my portfolio. We're roasting <laughs> the flipping egg, Brett. The flipping. We're egg. roasting this portfolio. This robot has decided. First of all, who the fuck gives you the numbers in this order? Forty-eight percent ETH. Okay, yeah, that's your biggest portion. Great. Then fourteen point five percent Bitcoin, and then twenty-eight point eight percent IOTA. How are they well, in that order? I'll, I'll show you what happened here. That's kind of okay. Funny. All right, then that's on you. You fucking don't know how to read. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he's got three times as much Ethereum as Bitcoin. How's that been working out for you? Pretty great, huh? Okay. IOTA. Gr- Imagine if I was saying what I'm saying about your portfolio to the IOTA team about anything, and. What, and what do you think would happen? They would they would implode their project just to make a point because they're assholes. So yeah, good get real low risk there. But like I said, the base contention token is a terrible, awful a percentage to have. Just send that to us. The link is in the show notes. We'll we'll hold on to it and we'll cherish it, even though it's not worth anything. Uh, yeah, one point two percent ADA. Good job. You finally picked a good coin. You invested nothing into it. Congratulations. And uh, and engine, I can't really say anything bad. Good job. You, you need. I I like engine coin. It's kind of cool. It's got that J on the end there. And uh, yeah, yeah. Talk to us in a year and let us know how this works out. You know what I I've forgotten completely about what what is the M iota about? It's just their symbol. I don't know what that means. I mean, maybe there is a a stupid reason for that. I don't know. I, I I've always just put it on there. It's confusing. Just another confusing thing about that project. Good choice. <laughs> great choice uh so i'm gonna give You're this i'm gonna give this portfolio a grade here because i feel like i need to wrap this up and give it a grade i i'm gonna give this portfolio a grade of john mcafee that he, that that is the john mcafee portfolio you've got about two percent total in projects that matter the rest of this you're getting real cri- now look switch the bitcoin and ethereum 
Maybe maybe we'll start the talk. Don't take any of this as financial advice. I'm just taking a shit all over your project. But you don't care because you're a robot, so it doesn't matter. Nice John McAfee portfolio. McAfee was just on History Channel last night or very recently for another crypto project. Of course he was on the History Channel. You know what else is on the History Channel? Aliens. Every single episode, they make it about aliens. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. In the next Men in Black movie, they're going to have him as an alien, and it's not. It's going to be a documentary. I hope so. Okay, actually, before we move, before we finish the episode, I had a really big thing that I wanted to break in the middle, and it and it was in my story, and then I just totally forgot to do it. So we're gonna backtrack. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so you know that Bonham Network that we yes. talked about. I later, after I did some research, did another scrape through because I had the window still open, and you wouldn't believe what I found. Did you find John McAfee? No, oh. that would be a, that would be amazing. This might be the second best thing. Craig, though. right? It's on Discord. I just sent it to you. Oh, well, all right. Hold on. Let me. Uh, I don't even know where Discord is right now. I'll check my phone. Let's see. Let's see. What we got here. Breaking news that's being communicated to me via a DM on Discord. Oh. It's powered by EOS. Boy. So I actually have a huge issue with this. Now, just obviously this was like 20 minutes ago, but um, Bottom Network is in Venezuela. They're the ones that are going to be getting the Zcash to the Venezuelan citizens. This is the unbanked, uh, banking the unbanked app that has all these people signed up. I don't know. This is a very interesting. Well, here's here's what I can say, Mike. We better hope that they don't decide that these hundred families don't need their dollar and then give it to somebody else because they can do that. Yeah, but the Coinbase is involved in this. Like that's that's like a, I'm connecting some weird. Oh, dots I'm sure here. Coinbase is coming with EOS. Then, you know what? I, I don't know if we mentioned this on a show, but we we were completely right about Coinbase not adding Ripple. Right? Like we we said they're not going to add it. It's against their like terms or whatever. But then we said they were going to very clearly signal. When they were going to start adding shit like that. And then they added basic attention tokens. So, like, after that point, obviously, they're going to start adding all the centralized coins. Ripple will be on there sooner than later. I don't know if it is yet, but it will be. It's not going to do anything to the price, I don't think. Except keep going down like everything is. Like, All right, let's wrap this up. We have gotten off the rails. EOS is apparently involved in Venezuela now. I don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll see. Hope their constitution's going. You know what? Here's what I'll say, Cyborg. Congratulations on not having any EOS in your portfolio. I I kind of regret my John McAfee rating because, you know, the EOS. We're going to just give you David Sansebo because you have so much love for the guy. David Sansebo. That's it. Cyborg, you are forever known as David Sansebo. Yep. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast, Friday flagship number 50. Mike, this is where we'd be uh, talking is- about people who had patreoned us right here this is where we would be throwing it in there so if you start giving us a dollar an episode we're gonna say your name right here and uh after you get a dollar an episode if you're not already in our discord we'd like you to join that links in the show notes oh we're gonna oh I, okay i'm sorry uh rate, rate us on itunes and subscribe on itunes <laughs> and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on twitter at crypto basic i'm um, also my name was mike i was here with brent at chubby crypto on twitter and what are we not we're not financial advisors nothing we are saying is financial advice this is all for entertainment purposes only cyborg i was no i really didn't like your portfolio so i I was gonna say sorry but uh 
Uh, but don't sell any of those coins because I'm not actually giving you any advice to do anything. Those are your percentages. You're welcome to have that. I'm an idiot. We've been over this. Uh, so please, all investments have inherent risk. Do your own research. And I am finally losing the voice at the end of the show. 